on, I'll get right into it. There we go. See, that's the start, is when you guys actually play. Welcome, everybody, to another nice day at the Dutch Hall. Uh, you know, normally, uh, when I get together with my friends and my house band, uh, I usually, uh, usually do it in the evening. Do it over a few drinks with friends. Uh, we sometimes have too many drinks. And, you know, some of you people are listening to this show and you're driving to work or you're uh, sitting at your desk, you know, you're listening to it uh, at your computer. Maybe you're doing chores around the house and uh, it's during the day and you're listening to a bunch of drunks in the middle of the <laughs> night, you know, carrying on. So that's when my uh, good friend Dave, the Rooster Charter, said to me, you know what, Pete, we should do a show for those people in the middle, in, in the morning time, you know, like so we can uh, join them on their morning journey. And I said, Dave, you know what? Shut your goddamn mouth. This is my show. <laughs> but I also said, you know, I have a great idea. Let's do a morning show. <laughs> so that's where we are. We're in Morning in Pine Grove. Let's get the show on the road, boys. Hit the theme song. Welcome to Pine Grove, everybody. But you know what? Uh, you guys seemed a little timid on that theme song. Did we? A new season three <laughs> theme song. I heard you rehearse it a couple of times. It seemed a little timid. No one wanted to make a mistake. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, it's new. Yeah. We really wanted to nail it. Yeah, well, we didn't. What? You really wanted to nail it. Well, we you know, and you and you did. You did okay. You know, <laughs> but I can see that theme song is going to improve. Yes. So welcome, everybody, to season <laughs> three premiere of Life in the Dutch Hall. And as we said, we're going to do a morning show. And, uh, well... Uh, we, we're doing a morning show, and actually, this kind of sounds like the same old show we do in the evening so far, right? <laughs> Maybe does, we yeah. should mix it up. And, uh, we'll, do, we'll try this. Hey, welcome to uh, Beating the Rooster in the Morning. It's uh, 8 past the hour under 10 degrees Celsius and cloudy skies. We're going to have a great show tonight. Our guest today is El Grande Rusteros Muscacos. Hello. Hello. Ooga, ooga. <laughs> I should have a horn whistle. It's very good to be here. <laughs> I didn't introduce you, uh, Rustero. You come in, uh, Rustero. No offense. You just sit in the corner. The way the show works is we we talk to the band and the, the cast of the show, and then we introduce the guest. The guest doesn't come out to, till the end of the show. So if you just hold tight over there, El Rustero, try to keep it to yourself as much as possible. We'll get on with our show. Okay. <laughs> I hope I didn't offend you, uh, your greatness. He's all wound up. But you know what? You coffee. didn't show up to the hundred. Uh, let's get into the Roostero. Is he sitting there looking at me? He looks upset. <laughs> Should he move to the couch? Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think you better get comfortable. You're behind, when you invite you to the couch, then then it's your time to speak. But I just wanted to say to you, you didn't show up for the hundredth. Why didn't you show up for the hundredth anniversary? I was busy. Busy with what? You must know I'm a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We'll get to it later. Okay. I hope I didn't offend you, sir. I'm okay. All right. What is this? A bag of bagels? <laughs> Enjoy yourself. It was brought to you by Dave. Dave brought a bunch of bagels and coffee, and we had the coffee. You know what I, I like about my coffee? I like my coffee like I like my women. Full of booze. <laughs> Full of booze. It's delicious. Yeah. And th and that's what we had today. A little. Uh, we got a look. What are we having there? Uh, what should we get into? We should probably get our Paul's Potables. We're going to talk about our, our, oh, right. our, our drink, right? Sure. Does that mean we should have a drink? We do have a drink, don't you? Yeah, we do actually. Yeah, okay. Well, Amazing. It's different. <laughs> it's different than when Paul's here. Yeah, yeah. It is we different. actually have drinks. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's uh, have one of Paul's potables. What could be better than something from Paul? There's no different, no different at all. <laughs> you guys suck so bad. <laughs> we forget all the words. We'll pour our own drinks. drinks. <laughs> 
That was, we, that was the worst thing. You know thing what we did ever. wrong? We didn't write down the lyrics. Yeah. This is terrible. You know, <laughs> I, the whole song was the big key to it. And I don't know if we should go back and edit that or just, you guys just have to sit in your own disgrace of how you couldn't even play the own song you wrote for this show. Yeah, exactly. I have to my own pants. That's terrible. Our drink today is coffee and uh, Forty Creek. Old Forty Ooh, Creek. So good. And, my, and our bartender, Paul, is working. As because most people do work on a morning, on a Tuesday morning. Yes, yes they do. But this cast of characters we have in today uh, does not work on a Tuesday morning for whatever reason. <laughs> and they are my house band, the Nocturnal Emissions. Hey. My band leader, Dave Charters. My, uh, oh, sorry. No, the man that writes the music for the show, Dave Charters. The band leader, Mike Bowe. And the savior of yes. Nocturnal Emissions, oh, yes. Steve the Reluctant nice. German, are all in the house. So let's hear it for subpar on the song so far well you've done terribly and i think it's because <laughs> number one if any good band's going to have uh, some sort of chemistry some sort of talent it, it it's a it's not a, just a combination of god-given talent most of it is hard work <laughs> and when one of your uh members of the band uh doesn't show up ever you know he, he, he agrees to show up every three weeks and then once the three weeks comes along illnesses appear and you don't uh you don't show up your one was a son. Your son was ill. I, I cut you some slack. Still, now I, now when you did it three weeks later, Dave, I now suspect maybe there's a pattern here and that you're just making up your son's illness and yours was obviously bullshit. I heard the message wow. on the answer machine. Well, I, I'll let you know I'm still feeling the effects of this illness. It's really dragging me down. I think it might be somewhat self-inflicted. You know, I've been really burning the candle at both ends lately. Right. And uh, working on a lot of stuff, you know. Well, you are... Uh, Working on a lot of stuff, yeah. For the the girls at the Barbie Mansion, is that who you're working on? The well, stuff I for? don't want to. I don't want to get into it on the show today, but I, I just got a lot of stuff going on, you know. Where's uh, outside of this? You do program. you listen? Do you listen to the show when you're not? Oh, every week. Every week you listen to the show. So yeah. you do understand that uh, our disappointment in you week after week. Well, yeah, I do understand. Actually, I didn't listen this week, but uh, I, was, I was sick. And go busy. back and listen. Oh yeah, sick and busy. <laughs> But those uh, those girls from the Barbie Mansion, I know that's... Great girls. Yeah. Great girls. I got a theory about your illness, if it is indeed a real illness. Is it's due to the germs that have been captured in that mustache of yours over the last three months? <laughs> that cannot be healthy. Like, what do you... Like, you you can shampoo that thing, and you, but you're never going to get everything out of it. You know, there's just so much, like, uh, gross in there, right? It is very thick. What does it smell it's like? Hard, can you smell it? it? It smells mostly like the last thing I ate. <laughs> Do you lick? Do you lick your mustache sometimes? And you're like, what did I have that was sweet? <laughs> do you ever do wonder that? like something's caught up in there? I'm constantly tonguing my mustache to get it out of my lips. How about that like soul patch that Frank Zappa thing you got? Is that also something you lick quite a bit? Not as much. Usually I tug at it like this. Yeah, like it points away. From yeah, you your tug. Face. You tug at it. I always lick it when I have a beard or whatever. I always lick that spot. Yeah. It always it always gave a familiar. Uh, I'm more I'm more like the corner of my mouth. That's what gets me when I got like a beard going. The corner of your mouth, yeah. you, you lick it? Yeah, it just annoys yeah. me. Yeah, that, that's where it does. It, it goes in my mouth. I don't like it at all. You have any like uh, sort of adverse effects from that mess on your face? No, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. No, it, it feels good? doesn't itch? No, it does get in my mouth a little bit, but I, I try and train it away like this. People can't see it, but you're very, you're very eloquent. What he's doing right? is brushing it to the outside of his face and curling it at the end. You're like twisting it like an evil long, genius. Right? Like, you look like a walrus, right? <laughs> yeah. But if you twist it up like that, yeah. you look like a guy that ties you to the railroad tracks, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's good for you. How has it worked out with your wife? Does she find it attractive? No action. No? Yeah. She does not, a, a not like a it. Fan. No. <laughs> Have you uh, noticed any other like uh, girls who see a... Uh, around town and they they're uh, they give you a second look because of your mustache the, the, the second look is usually followed by an outburst of laughter and then uh <laughs> my wife and then they try not to look my wife came in this morning and actually just laughed in dave's face yeah and then laughed i saw her going out the driveway and jane says uh dave, dave makes me smile i just laugh at his mustache every time <laughs> <laughs> that was her quote for sure uh, but that doesn't face you. It's, you like to give people that enjoyment. Is that That's right? That's right. Yeah. It, it's it's part of it. You know? you're, you're a giver. Yeah. You're a giver. And I appreciate that, Dave. I really do. So today, actually, I wanted to tell you while we're on the topic of you, 
Um, today was your idea. I gave you credit in the opening, but it wasn't due to the fact that you uh, care about those other people that listen to the show. The truth of the matter is you care about yourself and only yourself, right? You don't come to a bunch of shows, and then you decide because of your schedule, this will work for you, so That's it right. should work for the rest of us. That's right. We'll do it on my terms. And I want to tell you the bartender today is quite upset with you. He's uh, he's He told me to pass on the message to you that uh, that he thinks that you're a diva and you just try to ruin his uh, oh. Thursday nights. And he <laughs> really? says just because you can't make it doesn't mean you should try to ruin it for everyone else on the show, uh, which is really him. Oh, is he not here? I, I didn't even notice. <laughs> no, he's not I'm there. just pouring my own drinks like usual. So <laughs> That was what you're supposed to get that joke in, across in, in, in the, the song. song. In the song. We just destroyed his yeah. song. I think Dave's sabotaging <laughs> on purpose. Yeah. Like we had, we, it's just been a bad run for you guys. Like, when are you going to own up? Like, when are you going to really decide that this is uh, yeah. something that you want to pull your socks up on? I know we had one gig, it's eh? third season, and uh, and it really got into our heads. Went to our head. Right, that gig like, went now to now. We head? don't have to try, we got to work hard at it. Oh, right? this yeah. is like the sophomore jinx, you know? Yeah. Like, you just uh, you, you're riding on your one good performance, you're just riding it out, right? Yeah. right. Yeah, you need to dig deep because right now you're hitting the bottom of the barrel again. You're at the you were at the top of the wave at, at your David's gig, yeah, and now you're at the the bottom you're, you're touching the sand on that wave <laughs> and you need to get yourself back up pull yourself up by your season three goals season, yes exactly this is uh the season premiere of the life of the dutch hall's third season and uh i think season finale was kind of like uh, a little anticlimactic it usually is well i know? apologize for it not yeah. being able to come either yeah yeah busy yeah thanks guys yeah great. it was really nice yeah great job steve yeah, thanks, Steve. The Savior <laughs> is a great title. Next time, I'll send you the tabs for all the songs. Perfect. <laughs> that would be helpful. They're yeah. excellent from experience. <laughs> now, one thing that, uh, yeah, you're uh, Dave, the man that writes most of the music for two shows. <laughs> yeah, two shows. Uh, <laughs> is uh, he's he when he doesn't show up to the show, he likes to provide feedback um, oh. to. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't even get that right, guys. This is miserable. It's because so. <laughs> Charters, you're here now because you're coming off a shift, right? You haven't slept yeah, in how right. long? When, when, how, when's the last time you slept? No, it's uh, a long time ago. Yesterday, sometime. <laughs> That's hard to keep track. Right. So you had to be. You usually. What's your schedule though? When you usually get up on a night shift? Normally, I'd be sleeping right now. Right. And then, uh, get up like maybe before. I usually get up to get the kids off the bus, kind of thing. Like around three thirty, four o'clock, that kind of yeah. that range. Yeah, three ish. All right. And sometimes I grab a nap before work. <laughs> so you sleep more than a regular person, no? Uh, not really. It's always broken and crappy. Oh, that's the difference? Yeah. And then you don't get to have the same... It's the trans, Did the transition screw you up from shifts? Uh, not so much. I just muscle through this one, and then I'm pretty good going into the next one. The worst one's to go from nights to days? From, from uh, days to nights is the worst. Days to nights is the worst. Yeah. Because, oh, okay. Because you have yeah. to go one day that, where you don't really sleep at all? The first night is, yeah, real, the toughest. The first couple are the toughest. So this is after the second one. So I'm not really, uh, I, don't, I don't have my wits about me. After doing uh, like uh, tons of them, uh, like doing it for years, uh, do you get used to it at all? No, never. Your body doesn't adjust? No. Because you don't allow it to because you change it up all the time? Yeah, every week. The yeah. way we do it every week, you change. So, yeah, uh, you never That's crazy. Have you, got, you guys ever worked shifts no, no, in your life? No. I've worked shifts, but not like in that not, amount. Not night shifts. It's a different sort of lifestyle. You have to invest in roller blinds, right? Yeah. Do you have to? Because you, you have and, to fool earplugs, your... like sleeping earplugs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the tricks, drugs. I imagine and drugs. Yeah. yeah that, there's probably a Not lot of people in a in a shift work setting that are just yeah, drugged right up, like sleeping pills and stuff like that. Yeah. And a catheter helps too. <laughs> <laughs> so you so you don't have to pee in the middle of the night. Is that what you mean? That's right. You just so have, you have to empty. Get... You just have to empty the bag in the morning or whenever you, you don't wake get up. off. Don't move at all. <laughs> you just sleep in a diaper. Yeah, well, that'd be less painful. They have a whole than a catheter. Yeah, I'd rather just piss my pants and then put a like a hose in my dick. Yeah, whatever that is. No thanks. That's not my cup of tea, but it might be yours, Dave. You know, I'm not going to judge you because you like to stick a hose in your dick hole. I'm going to let that slide today. You know, it's just an average morning. You're kind of on an evening program, and we're on a morning program, right? So you come in here, you have a beer because you're at the end of a shift. And you stick a hose in your pee hole, you know. <laughs> we don't judge you. What we do is we have a nice cup of coffee and we get, we uh, talk about the day, what's going on around us. But before we talk about what's going on around our world today, 
we like to reach out to our fans in a segment we call Feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. Feedback. Welcome to Feedback. We got feedback, everybody. Uh, feedback. We got feedback is brought to you by our uh, our sponsors, and our one sponsor that we have is Amazon. If you go to the Life from the Dutch Hall webpage at uh, LifeFromTheDutchHall.com, you're going to see some Amazon banners. And if you're doing your Christmas shopping, this is the time of year to think about Life from the Dutch Hall, because you know what? It's really my biggest season to try to make money for this show. And when people are doing their Christmas shopping, you figure people that are well connected to the show, maybe that are aware of the fact that every week I say, go to my life from the Dutch Hall webpage, click on the Amazon banner, uh, but and and then some of the money will come back and help the show. I think it's like 6% of the, of the friggin' purchase that you make will come back and help the show. So if you're making a big Christmas purchase for your family, you know, let's say you drew a name or something like that, and you got to go buy a... a, a a present, and uh, maybe you're the maybe you're the band leader of the nocturnal emissions, <laughs> and you sit there and you buy these presents for your loved ones, and then you tell your cousin, the host of the program, that says this every week to your face, that you that you didn't go to his website and click on the Amazon oh, banner. Michael, he stole money. Why are you assuming it's me? <laughs> <laughs> Just making a, a hypothetical, hypothetical situation. I, I don't even come in here to the show every week. And just last week, I made two, I wouldn't say big ticket purchases, but medium ticket purchases oh, yeah, for like my that. lovely wife right through your website. Oh, you did. It's easy. Just yeah. a couple clicks on Amazon delivered to my door two days later. And they got some good deals on there. Oh, great deals. Yeah, so you click on those links and they'll take you to the Christmas specials. Also, uh, Life from the Dutch Hall is brought to you by VG Meats. If you go the, on my website again, there's a coupon for VG. Did you buy some steaks too, Mike? Did you buy some steaks? <laughs> I supported not? neither the Dutch Hall or VG's. <laughs> so I apologize to you both. Yeah, but if you want you want to maybe have, you're going to have friends and family over over the holidays. You might want to have a nice steak dinner. So go to my website, print off the uh, coupon, bring it into either locations, the Simcoe or Stony Creek, and you get some good deals, and some of that money will come back and help the show. And then uh, my final sponsor is Lakeside Vista, uh, where if you go to lakesidevista.ca, you can look at uh, one of the finest properties in, in Canada to host any of your corporate events, weddings, uh, family functions. Uh, maybe you got a training event. Or a cor- you can uh, host it at Lakeside Vista. Go at lakesidevista.ca. Where the views are beautiful, but the memories are even better. <laughs> and our, and uh, that's it for our sponsors for feedback. We got feedback. <laughs> Now's the important time where we actually talk about feedback. There we go. Yes. So we got a lot of people caught giving us uh, their two cents. And there's another way so I don't have to hear the stinger. They gave us their two cents uh, last week, and they gave it to me by giving me emails at Life of the Dutch Hall. At gmail.com, and they've also went on Facebook and Twitter, and, they, and they've given me all kinds of different messages, and uh, I really do appreciate it. And our last uh, week's show was the f- season finale, and uh, one thing that was true about our guest, Tom Bowen, our scientific correspondent, mm-hmm. is that he's a polarizing figure. <laughs> no question. He's a polarizing figure. No you question. either uh, really are a big fan... Or you do not care for it, and you turn off the show. Can you tell me about that. Either way, either way, he's a it's a polarizing figure. So a very interesting guy to have on the show. We really appreciate it when he comes in, but he does have an effect on people. I say either way. You know, some people are impressed by his knowledge, and some people are disgusted by his full of shitness. <laughs> he does know a lot of stuff, or not, or maybe he's or maybe making it up. He doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. You don't know. He even said it himself. He's not quite sure what's real and what's not anymore, you know? <laughs> so I, I just like having him on because he's a very interesting guy to talk to and a uh, good friend. So he, yeah, he's welcome anytime. So I apologize to the haters out there, but he will probably be back in the future because we need scientific advice, yeah. even if it's not true. We like to make up things. Yeah. <laughs> it makes <laughs> us sound really smart. My wife sent me a message this week and it said... Uh, it was like one of those memes, you know, those internet memes or something. It says something about, like, opinion is the uh, lowest form of knowledge because it requires uh, nothing, right? And I'm like, yeah, that is true, and it is exactly what I like to do on the show. <laughs> I like to have uh, just blind, blind, blind opinion that is based on sometimes absolutely no knowledge at all. Something I dreamt, you know, something I half-assed listened to when I was falling asleep on the couch. Maybe you glanced at, a, at an internet headline. Yeah, maybe I heard some drunk at a bar talking about it, and I just repeated it. 
you know, but uh, either way, most of it is probably horseshit. I don't know, <laughs> which scares me a lot of times because some of the feedback we've been getting lately has been about quitting their your job. And uh, I've actually had quite a few people now. I, I wouldn't say quite a few, but a handful, a handful of people who have uh, reached out to me and said that they're uh, they're thinking about they, they're thinking they need to make a change in their life. And uh, they're like inspired by uh, me doing it or whatever beautiful yeah except for <laughs> what have i been responsible for all these people like messing their lives up yeah. you know and it's not as easy as you think you know you get a nice paycheck and you work for a company and even though they make you sell your soul and give away who you are you still get that nice you get benefits you get all that good stuff you get taken care of financially but uh when you leave you do get uh the, the comfort of knowing that you're not going to die from your job you know it's not going <laughs> to kill you you feel better immediately, you know, that is true. Mm-hmm. But it's because uh but then when you're broke, you know, and then you haven't you haven't worked or whatever, you, you know, then it's a it's not it's not a great move at that point in time and I don't want to take any credit for it, you know. <laughs> then you're Just, contemplating. Yeah. You then have a lot like, more time to listen to your own thoughts. Right, right. The, the, to inspire the inspire the change is great you know i feel good about it in a way and then eventually i think but what if this guy or girl that leaves their job screws it all up yeah and then it's all my fault right like don't bring me in on that you know what if it makes it worse so i don't know what the answers are all i know is what uh i did and there's benefits for a while but then it becomes more increasingly more difficult till you figure it out, right? Because now the pressure's on. Like, oh, I think I really screwed everything up. Yeah, you now know? I gotta do something. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, we uh, I'll, I want to figure it out. I'm glad I can help. If you're in a miserable situation, it's nice to find an alternative one. But um, it's you gotta don't do it the way I did it. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Like, figure out something first, and then leave your job, or or just like, you know. Don't blame me for it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's your own decision, you know? You should make your own meme. Yeah, yeah. Saying what? Don't blame me don't for it. Don't blame me for quitting your job. Yeah. <laughs> Dutch Hall, Even, don't blame yeah, me for don't, quitting your job. Don't blame me. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's good because it, it does suck, you know? It's 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 incredible how the, our highest rated episode was that quit your job episode still. And uh, it's... Uh, it's it's still amazing to see how many people are disgruntled at what they do for like the majority of their day. You know, like they they just hate it. Mm-hmm. It's not even that they just eh, it's okay. You know, I'm sick of my boss or whatever, but they're miserable, and it's like they carry around that misery knowing they have to do it again tomorrow, like every day. You know, and then no wonder people are the, everything's everyone's full of antidepressants and you know like uh, have drinking problems, drinking and, drug use, yeah, yeah, drug use and stuff like yeah. anything anything that they can to cope with the fucking repetitive misery of doing the same fucking thing for somebody else most of the time where you see somebody else get rich off it and then you get you get like a you know you get like a fraction of what you're bringing in right that's always tough to take you know like you see these the banks that are laying people off all and then they give their uh their ceos and their their upper uh, their fund managers and stuff like that these million dollar bonuses you're like what they laid those people off to make more money and then they gave it away to the to the people at the top that don't need it they already have all the money you know like it doesn't that's a broken system i don't care how you so when you're sitting in it you might say like i still made a good salary i made like even if you make a six-figure salary you're still like uh those guys are getting million dollar yeah. bonuses for what i'm doing and th- and i might get laid off next year if it makes sense on paper you know yeah. it's pretty sh- it's pretty shitty you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's i used to can't believe that people like i I just can't believe that it's allowed to happen, and that's not only is it allowed to happen, but it's a norm. Like yeah. that's what most people accept as being the way life works, yeah. and but it doesn't make any goddamn sense it to me. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, and I've been a boss too. Like I've owned a, a business where you have to pay your employees, and you know how much money you make compared to how much money your employee makes, and you always have to like kind of stay within the range of your of your industry or whatever. You don't want to be the one person in your industry that messes it up for everyone but in the same way you're thinking like you still want to be fair like to your people that work for you because they make they make you the money you know like they without them you'd be yeah would be screwed and if you have good people that'll help you it's 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 worth so much that you don't have to worry about um you know them screwing things up or yeah the other stuff that comes with it like people uh you know complaining or uh, you know legal issues or anything like that you know you just know you got or even money, you know, someone that's like stealing from the teller, you know, whatever it yeah. could be, you know. But when you have good people and you can just trust them, then 
your business will make money even without you, then uh, they should be paid accordingly, don't you think? You know, like that just seems like common sense. That seems like a, a good thing to do, right? As a as an employer, but it's easier said than done. There's always that kind of like struggle between being like uh, a greedy prick or uh, uh, or um, like stupid, you know? Like yeah. am I giving away? I still have to take. I'm still taking the risk, you know, as a business owner, but I have to. St- you know, compensate the staff. They have that thing, you know. In a small business, it seems to be easier to manage. In a corporation, they don't have that struggle of wondering if they're treating their staff right because it's just a paper decision. They just have to. That's right. There's no conscience involved. No, they're not serving. They're the a corporation doesn't have a conscience. It has no, no feelings. No. It's like the internet. It is like the internet. It's, it's like, like Stephen Harper. Harper. And Stephen Harper, they thing. all have no no feelings, no emotion. And I stand in front of them <laughs> with, with no pants, pants on. Yeah, <laughs> it's all equal. Is Stephen Harper still working in the yeah. government? He's still an MP. Yeah. That's going to be just horrible to watch, to watch him stand up and say how oh, everything's crap. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, feedback. We got feedback. It's almost done. There's something I wanted to talk about on that vein. Uh, but before we do, we have to talk to our good buddy, oh. the Haitian Dwarf. He's been with us every week, giving us feedback, and this week's no exception. So let's hear from the Haitian Dwarf. I love that word. I, I cut it out early that time. It's a morning show. Oh, it's a morning show. You know? clean. Yeah, keeping it cleaner. Yeah, cleaner. The Haitian Dwarf reaches out to us every week. And, you know, last week, uh, the Haitian Dwarf, he, uh, he gave a, uh, you know, I would say it, it was a very funny, it was my one of my favorite uh, feedbacks I've ever gotten from him. Uh, but he's, uh, uh, but it was a little off color, you know. And uh, what it was in particular about that piece of feedback was the, the use of the M word. And I'll the say M-word. the M word. Yes, he used the word midgets. Yes, you know, Whoa. which is uh, you know, which and I. Bl- I thought you were going to say Muslims. No, that's <laughs> a that's a words. yeah, but that's not a swear word. You can say that no. in school. You don't get in trouble, right? You know what? The only thing that's like that is yet. Jews, right? If you say Jews, the J word. Yeah, if you say Jews nicely, it's good. If you say it meanly, it's bad, right? What if, what if you say Hamaka? Hamaka just <laughs> that's, that's always that is good and bad too. It's, it's good to laugh at and it's and bad. bad to say. Bad to say. Bad when you're the one saying it. Yeah. <laughs> so we have. Uh, so uh, what was I saying? Haitian Dwarf. He yeah. said the use the M word, but I think it's like I think it's like um, you know lit, like little people have the right to use it. You know, like Aww. like black people can use the N word or like gay people can you can call each other fags and stuff like that. They're allowed, you know, yeah. but we can't do it because it's bad, right? And that's like. What can white like? What can we call each other? Crackers? Yeah, we don't have it's it. Not we, even don't, good. we don't get that because no. we've we've ruined all of our rights. Because eh? we're white. Because we're white. Yeah, we don't have. We've oppressed too many people. Yeah, we've done too many bad things in history. <laughs> okay. I know you personally haven't done it, Michael. But, but my uh, ancestors have. Yeah, and we have yeah. to pay for it forever. Oh. That's why white men are like the they are the stomping ground of everyone now. No one, you can never get in trouble for making fun of a white man. No, you know? we just deserve it. We just deserve it. Okay. We've done horrible things. Oh, that's cleared up. <laughs> but we still kind of like run things, but not really. Not really. I no. think, uh, I think we're, we're, we're really losing our grasp. The, the white man is starting to lose his grasp. <laughs> the times they are changing. Yeah. yeah. Most of the big companies are run by women now. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the corporate structure is better suited to wom- to women. I don't know if that's sexist to say out loud, but I think it is because I think they're more, because they're like nesters, they're more like be, like to be part of a team, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're like uh, like getting things in order and stuff like that. But men are like hunters; yeah. they want to be able to do it on their own. They don't want the, you know, this Somebody someone telling them what that. to do right. and stuff like that. So we tend to re- reject that stuff more as a as a whole. You would say that's true, Dave? Yeah, that sounds right. But do you notice it in your uh, company that uh, there's more and more women all the time? Because um, it's a male-dominated field, would you say? I would say so. I would say in the, in the twenty years I've been there, there's probably a greater percentage of women in the workforce now in management. So, well, I think the percentage in management might have gone up slightly, but probably not proportional to the number of women in the workforce. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. But it has gone up. I would say. Oh yeah. You know they said for optometrists, which my wife, why my wife is a part of that field. And that's 80% women now. 
Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. 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 A- even though the new grads and stuff like that is like eighty percent women in that field, it's starting to become more and more. And they say even university enrollment is starting to become more and more skewed to more women all the time because the, they're saying even the education system is slanted towards the way they think because a lot more women were involved in coming up with the curriculum and stuff like that. So it's even though like maybe the education system was slanted towards men when men were coming up with it, then now it's kind of the pendulum swinging the other way. Hmm. And now uh, because our brains work differently, it's not be, we're starting to be less successful hmm. as, a, as a whole. Uh, and that's what that's what they say at least so i think that's crazy that also sounds like bullshit right that i just made up yes probably is probably is who knows <laughs> so this week the haitian dwarf uh he sent me another piece of uh, feed or a uh, feedback and this week he gave me five stars on itunes five oh, stars hey, is always hey, what a nice HG. guy what yeah. a good guy that's so simple just to go on there and give five stars yeah. everybody should do it yeah yeah he called this one episode 103 but i disagree with that i don't know if that's the right number but it's what he called it he goes, Tom Bowen is one fart smucker. Wow. Yeah. He says, Pete may be clinically retarded. <laughs> HD. That was his feedback. That's his it for wow. feedback. Now I'm going to tell you, that's two weeks in a row where he's used words that are questionable, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. I, that's why I mentioned the M word last week. And this week, he called me clinically retarded. The R word. The R, the R word. word. It's also one you're not supposed to say is retarded. But I think, my opinion is, you tell me what you guys think. Uh, if you put clinically in front of it, then it's okay. <laughs> no, no. I, I think if that term was used in a clinical fashion, right, in today's society, it would be okay. But right. I don't believe no it way. is. What? No way. I, I don't believe it's used. Uh, is a doc? If a doctor uh, examines a child, he would never say to a mother, "Your child is clinically retarded." <laughs> no, 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 I don't think no. so. I don't think that. That doesn't happen in a clinic. I don't think so. If there was a new Cheech and Chong movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would never ever they, they don't use that anymore but there was a time where they did right no sure. they oh, would come in and say there was a time yes there was ever a time where they would just come in and say yeah like is a, is a tart or something like that they would never say that that was never a time where that was okay right or like uh they just look up at you yeah tart. <laughs> yeah they just kind of like make the face and like they just say that your kid's a bit of a <laughs> oh, jesus they just do that. That was never the time. It's not like progressively. Like if I went back to the 1800s, they were even more they backwards and like more, more awful. You keep going back in history, and then they just keep getting meaner to, to <laughs> mentally handicapped people. You know what I mean? I think that's what you're supposed to say. What is that right? No, I, I said it right because I'm politically you, I think correct. You're correct there, this show is yeah. very. I'm saying to people that aren't like histor- historians that weren't rude, stupid, and irresponsible. Yeah, back in those days, mean. That some called me. Some call them the good old days, and you know who you know who they are. They're white pe- white men. White, no wonder <laughs> white men had it real good when you used to be yeah. able to do all kinds of terrible things yeah. to everyone. <laughs> they just they just wish it was like it used to be. Yeah, yeah. Remember the time when you you could tell the blacks to go to their own water fountain, and you could uh, grab your you could uh, you could finger your secretary and uh, <laughs> smack t- her on the ass anytime. And your wife said nothing said nothing about it because it was none of her concern. Well, and she was at home with the kids. <laughs> she was busy in the kitchen. Yes. Those are, the, those are what they would refer to as the good old days when really horrible things happened all around. Yeah. yeah. Even when I started work, <laughs> even when I started work, like we were like, uh, I guess we're the first of it. I'm kind of in the Generation X, you know? So then we, when I was working, there's a whole bunch of baby boomers and stuff like that. And you go to these like conferences and meetings and stuff like that. They were overnighters. And you'd see these old fuckers like, uh, shacking up with everybody you know like you're like holy crap they're horrible people eh? it's a real yeah it seems like the higher you go up the ladder the more dirty and filthy they all were you know and you're like what the heck is going on and then when you start listening to them tell stories about old time stuff it was just like a horrible it's just an orgy like a fuck fest at these conferences <laughs> really? yeah everyone's banging everybody and our generation of people came in you know young people and you know we should be the ones that would be doing that you know you think right because yeah. those are more, more single people or whatever more Chances fuckable are. people like more attractive you're, you're people tighter. right <laughs> there's more going on there's more more reason to bang when you're younger i suppose you know because you have more bait i suppose you know what i mean <laughs> but we were like horrified you know no we're not gonna be banging all these people we gotta work with them you know like it's like uh and something you know and and those guys are all like a lot of them are married and stuff like that too just tell tales out of school. I'm not going to say who they were, but it freaking well happened. And I think it was uh, quite common across all comp- like all different companies. It was quite. It was just the regular thing to do. These old, dirty, 
you know, baby boomer guys who would just go out at lunch and get tanked and come back and try to bang their secretary all day. Like, I worked with these guys, like, as I was coming in, they were going out, and they were filthy motherfuckers. There was a whole bunch of them, just gross, gross dirtbags. And they just laugh about it, probably. Oh, yeah. We'd sit there and laugh, too, because we couldn't understand, like, yeah. how horrible these guys were. But these guys would tell stories, like, I remember going on a canoe trip one time, and so-and-so was there with these jean shorts. <laughs> She's pulling her canoe out of the water. You can see her snatch on both sides of the shorts. The old flappers. <laughs> that, is a, that is a God's honest true right? story that I heard a guy tell me. <laughs> and this was like a woman that he's talking about. Who's yeah. like... Uh, Sitting right beside in her. <laughs> no, she's like a manager at the time. You know, right? I remember when that lady was dragging a canoe with her snatch hanging over her jean shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Me and her went by, by behind the seesaw and really got it on. <laughs> no, this guy wouldn't get it on with anybody. No. Actually, his wife was hot, this guy, and I couldn't believe it because he's such an old dirtbag. And I met his wife, and we were all over because she was so good looking. Couldn't believe he did it. He must have been charming. Yeah, good day. for him. Yeah, good for him. You never see, you see that once in a while. You see just a guy who's just a mess, right? But maybe back in his 20s, he didn't look, didn't have a stupid mustache, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wonder, right? What's yeah, you got going on? What happened yeah. there? So you see one of those guys that like really let himself go, but his wife kind of kept herself together. Yeah, I know, I know a guy just like that, and I've wondered my whole childhood life, and I still wonder to this day. I'm like, how, how did this guy do it? I'm yeah. pretty sure it comes down to money, but uh, oh, that's the other thing too. Well, or or a huge hog. That's or the other thought was he's got to have a huge dick. But then I got to know his son, and he, nah, it's not the dick thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think anyway, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. you see that once. <laughs> you see that once. No, in a, no, you don't. It's hypothetical. Yeah, it's hypothetical. <laughs> I've seen lots of people uh, in that category. I'd like to be that guy, you know? Like, uh, yeah. Dave is that guy, yeah. you know? Like, uh, <laughs> Steve, what are you? Are you in that category, you think? Have you kept yourself together uh, equally to your wife or not as well as your wife? I'd say, I mean, she's had four kids and she's falling apart all over the place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, she's falling apart, but um, she's on the road to. To mending herself and uh, oh yeah, well that's an excuse. You know you have none, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I, have, I have no you, excuse. You did what you did to yourself just, just being your yourself own, by your own hand. <laughs> that's you right. can't blame your kids. <laughs> nope. Uh. <Yeah>. Those <laughs> women when they like I don't I don't I find uh, you know if a, uh, once a because I'm older I guess once a woman's been through a few things like it's. It's like, uh, it makes them more interesting, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, it's nice to think about a, like a young woman that's all perfect and stuff like that, but they are quite, there's not much to them, you know? You know what I mean? Like, they just haven't lived that much yet. And there's something kind of sexy about having a woman that's lived a life. Yeah, you know what I mean? Got some battle scars. Yeah, yeah, they've been through it a bit. Because you have too, and then you just think, well, you got, I, I don't know if, I, I, I don't know how long a relationship between me and a, and a hot chick in her 20s would really last. Like, it would probably be... Probably about three minutes. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> lengthy. Yeah. Three minutes. I, no, I, I, like, that's a, I don't think uh, three minutes anymore. I would have said that before, but now that you get older, it's, there's no end to it. It just keeps going forever. <laughs> you wish it was three minutes. You, like, long for the days of premature ejaculation. You're just like, oh... Remember those days when I was two pump charity? Oh god damn it, I got a lot done. <laughs> now there's just no goddamn end to it. I need to take a break halfway through, just rest, catch my breath. <laughs> That's one of the, the benefits of being old. Like all the things you want when you're young, you don't get. Right? You get older, then you get them, and you're like, you don't want them anymore. There's nothing good about you wish it. You're young again. Yeah, yeah. It's like. Uh, He's like, my dick's bigger than it was when I was young, but it doesn't work as well. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, oh, it's... Swole up a bit so it's working good. Yeah. At least it's heavy. heavy. You just <laughs> shove it in once in a while. <laughs> You're but, that, but that's why the old the old school guys used to bang so many chicks on conferences, right? They get to a point where they don't give any fucks anymore, and they don't yeah. care that they're fat and ugly. They just... Yeah. And also, the, it has to do with their position, too, I think, sometimes. And it has to do with... Uh, um, the fact that the people were so into their job back then too, like, uh, I don't know if this makes sense, but they were like, they lived for their job. And then, so they, they really could give two shits about what was going on at home. I don't think they had kids scattered all across the country. And, you know, like it was really, I couldn't understand it. Why would you want to do that? And they're like, well, cause they got promoted. Yeah. But your kids don't even like you anymore. You know, like, uh, but to them, I think it was just a different priority in life. Right. So trapped in that world. Right. It's like a whole different. <laughs> yeah. And when like, you who cares about home. Yeah, yeah. It's just a place I laid my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd see him with, like, they'd have a personal license plate. One guy had a personal license plate on his vehicle. 
and it was the acronym for the company. And oh. he, he made it for him. He paid he, for that. He loved his work that much. That he, his own personal license plate was the company's acronym, right? It's like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> but they, le- they liked it. Like, they, they, it was part of their identity, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, they probably spent more time, had more in common with the people at work, and then you end up banging those people, right? Yeah. You spend more time with them, you do your own wife, have more of a relationship with them yeah. than you do your own wife or whatever. Or it's just a person you, you've been running into conferences uh, with since you've been young and both have been better looking than you are and you just are used to getting together at conferences and Works out. messing around. I, I don't know. there's something to that. I often find that when I'm when I'm being successful at work, I'm less successful at home, you know, as a father or a parent and vice versa. When I got, <laughs> when I, when I got a lot of good stuff going on at home, I find I'm less successful at work. You know? Yeah, there's, yeah. That always, there's only so much in the bucket. Right, right. And then you say, like, when you're really nailing all the stuff you have to do at home, you, you're getting nothing done in your work life, you know? Same right. thing, yeah. I remember one time uh, my wife and I, we did this P90X thing. It was a personal challenge for us. We had to go 90 days, do this thing every 90 days to get each other up at 5 in the morning and do it every day, right? And, and when we did it, like, it was, a, it was a goal. We did it. And we felt good, and we were in good shape and everything, but... Um, we were shit at work. We were falling asleep, you know, where like we were way behind on our stuff. Yeah. Like we were like, we were, ter- we probably were putting it in front of our kids when didn't even know we were doing it, you know? Yeah. And uh, sleeping all the time because we were so wore out, yeah. you know? And it was like, well, this is, this isn't balanced anymore. You know, I might look good, but what's the cost is too great. Like that was ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it was, n- it was not worth doing again. Like I'd rather have a bit of a pot belly and, uh, you know enjoy my life yeah and still pay attention to what's going on around me yeah Yeah. so right it's one of those balanced things if anyone could figure it out yeah they'd be they'd they'd be a millionaire you know if you could figure out how to do it but there's no way i i think that our kids are going to change it you know i think once we get out the people are making decisions now and you're kind of seeing a change of the guard right now of like the old baby boomers are starting to finally give up the reins and the younger people are moving in and i start i think you'll see like the work the the definition of the workplace that we we know it is going to change. It's not going to be forty hours a week where you're at some other office. It doesn't make sense, you yeah. know. Everyone's got an office in their home. Everyone's got an office in their pocket, really. It's pretty easy. Like, there's no reason that you have to be in bricks and mortar any, anymore to do things. There's enough jobs you can do however you want to do it. And so, when these companies that are stuck in the bricks and mortar mentality and their head office and in a faraway land and all these sorts of barriers that they create with geography. Uh, once they're competing with the the uh, internet companies and the people that don't give a shit where the person's working from, then I think they're going to start have to start to give concessions to try to attract those people. And once that happens, I think the workplace will change to suit the needs of those people. And they're already saying that it's harder and harder every uh, every year to find good people to work in these companies because there's just not a lot of them that want to anymore. Like coming out of school, these millennials and stuff don't yeah. see the attraction to the corporate life you know that yeah Yeah. they see it as being a prison they they value their leisure and their their uh, lifestyle more than the money they'd rather be be uh like living less uh, more humble uh uh, surroundings and then uh be able to enjoy their life more you know there was an article i i've I've actually posted on my personal facebook page i should post it on live from the dutch hall one it was with these two these two people from uh vancouver i think that just kind of like they retired in their 30s right and I know their numbers. I know some people took exception to the numbers in the article. Like they said, they it's easy to do that when you make that much money. But I think they, the, what they did was they said they got out of school. They both earned about uh, fifty grand when they were going into the workforce. About fifty grand after a few years of you know moving up in the company or whatever, they got themselves to around a hundred grand a year salaries. And there's two of them doing it. And both both uh, dedicated themselves to the company. Uh, and then they made like a hundred grand each. But the key was they spent significantly less than what they made, and they actually just paid attention to what they were spending, and then they um, put money away. They saved it, and then they got to a certain point where they were socking away quite a bit of money. And they realized they didn't. If they uh, once they figured out what their cost of living was, and they could lower it to what they were comfortable with, they knew how how long they could live on that money, and then they decided to just live on that money, and they quit. They yeah. they dropped out of the whole thing, and no one and and. Uh, so some people are saying, well, it's easy when you make that much money, but it's actually, I've seen people that make a heck of a lot of money. I've seen a lot of it in my time that make a lot of money 
and they don't have anything to show for it. You know, I've seen couples in my experience, I've seen couples that'll work 25 years in a factory setting, uh, making good money, like, like, um, you know, high, you know, like maybe like in the nineties, you know, a thousand a year and they're, and they've been doing it for 20 years and they have a, uh, two car loans and a house that's still got a large mortgage on it and they have credit card bills that are in like 70 grand or whatever and they have they're like desolate financially and they've made tons of money so it's not about making the money it's about keeping the money right. and being yeah. smart with it you know and making it work so i think that most people a lot of people just think that it'll work out especially people that make money the people that make a lot of money don't pay attention to it at all and then it ends up they can't understand how they are still struggling even though they make more money and it's because they're not paying attention to it. It's yeah. as simple as that. What they do instead is there's like a certain status quo that most people, they see other people who are making the same money they are, doing the same thing they are, and they try and they try and do the same things right. and acquire the same goods and live in the same house that everyone else is. Right. And, and that's what these people did different. I don't think it matters how much you're making. No. It matters. Your, the mindset is what matters. That's the difference. I gotta, not I, doing what everyone else does. Yeah, yeah. You have to be. You have to see what you want to do and not compare it to anyone else. And then, then that's when everyone's saying, well, "What the fuck's going on with that guy?" You know, that's the same with me. They're like, people are like, "What's going on with people?" It's not your goddamn business. What's going on with me? But I fig- just because I figured something out, you know, doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with you? You know, like you pay attention to your own situation. You know, like people don't know. It's like you can make the same amount of money as somebody else. They don't know what you said. The richest guy I've ever met was a guy that lived he lived he had dirt floor in his kitchen he just didn't give a shit he was a bachelor right it's like if i didn't have a wife i'd be living in a in a hole in the ground right i would have no ambition i would care less you know about my house or whatever i'm living by myself who gives a shit you know any roof over my head's gonna do but it's with when you bring women into it you know even if you just want to attract a woman if i'm living in a hole in the ground i try to bring a woman home to my hole She's going to say, I don't want to bank Pete anymore. I don't like this hole. Yeah, I don't think this is my guy. You know, the guy that lives in a hole. <laughs> so that even for that reason, I would say I should probably get a, something nicer than a hole just so I can attract a woman. Like you a know? hovel. Like a hovel, yeah. Like yeah, maybe you don't, a you hut. Don't, you don't live in the fuckles. No. <laughs> no, he's just vision fuckles. You vision fuckles. So, you know what I'm saying? So if you, but if you, once you like figure out what it costs you to live, if you decide that you want to live a more modest lifestyle and you can sustain that for a long period of time, it really doesn't, once you move out of the big cities, it really doesn't cost that much to live. It really doesn't. You know, like if you really pay attention to what you're doing, cook your own meals, yeah. just kind of like watch what money you spend, even on electricity and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you can, uh, you can save a lot of money. And then where most people lose their money is on uh, tax and fees. I always, on, uh, on interest and fees, right. I should yeah. say interest right. and fees and tax. But, uh, if people just manage their interests better, they could save a ton of money. Because that's what the people who have a lot of money usually waste it all on is their fees and interest. Yeah. They get sto- it's stolen from because they're not paying attention. Yeah. Making more money just means that you can take out a bigger loan. And yeah. there's more interest. Yeah, and they're shoveling it at you because they know you have the ability to service it. But at the at the flip side of it is you have no money that, like, to relax with. Right. You know, you have no money that's that's uh, you can decide what you want to do with. It's yeah. all like you have to service the and banks. The yeah. yeah. And yeah. the banks and the credit card companies right. all know how much, like what your credit is, and they fight over every extra bit of credit they can get from you. You know, you get, as soon as you free up some credit room, you start getting letters from, from everybody saying, yeah. hey, we can give you more money. It's funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. get those letters in the mail like, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're able to get this much credit. Like, Yeah. Once you don't need it, it's oh, thrown at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 uh, our friend lives in the States. He said his boss said to him, if they offer you that stuff, take it and then run it up. And they're like, what, why? You know, if like his theory was if the bank offers you a mortgage for way more than you can uh, afford, just take it and then pay it on credit card or whatever. Like it's that, that, uh, and this was a guy that made six really? figure salaries for a pharmaceutical. If I'm getting the story right, I hope I'm getting the story right. But that's what he said. He was like, take it. It's the mentality is different. Like in the States, they, they're really, well, this is before 2008 too, but they were really more open. Like all the same, we'll just live on credit. We'll just live on credit. It's like terrible because it really steals your ability to make decisions in your life for what you want to do, you know? And these two people decided that they're going to live a more modest lifestyle. They want to travel. They wanted to kind of be like, uh, see the world or whatever. So they uh, decided they could afford it. They, they, I think you, I've heard, read other articles too where people sell their house. And then they uh, live in, they buy uh, either a, a, 
like a yacht or they buy a and sail around the world or they buy a, a RV and they drive around yeah. or whatever it might be or they just travel around you know fly around the world or whatever or a little condo in South America or something and you know a non-resort town where the yeah. prices are decent yeah yeah where you live cheap and you know in Peru or something like that you yeah, know like yeah. there's a bunch of different ways that you can do it but it's like uh, you just have to think differently and most people don't that's what i find amazing is most people don't think differently they just look at what the rest of the lemmings are doing and they do the exact same thing as them right is that what is, do you find that to be the yeah, case absolutely i don't know why it happens that way but i think i i, I hope at least I, it's my wish for my kids that they change it by the time they grow up it doesn't it's a, that system doesn't exist for them anymore because i think that it's not going to last forever i have hope that it doesn't if you think about it, our age people, and I'm if I'm in my 40s, like we should be running things soon, right? <laughs> yeah. But there's still a bunch of like assholes that are still stuck yeah, in that old sure. way that yeah. have like sucked the tea yeah. to the baby boomer, you know? Yeah. Those guys, like you see them in uh, in government, you know? They're our age. But they, 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 they live the same way as right. us. They think the same way, but they're just pretending to play the role of the old what? stuffed shirt, you know? Yeah. And those those cocks. It's work for them to get them to where they are, well, so they'll continue exactly to right. do it, you yeah. know. So yeah, it got them in there, so they just we're like, I'm this far. Yeah, but I, the difference. I gave up my soul, so. Yeah, the difference is the internet crowd, because those guys made, when they started making all that tons of money, those were like the people with a conscience, the people with that cared about people that were uh, start. But then they became public, and then they're gonna lose that, right? That's right. what I'm afraid, right? Yeah, like well, Facebook, right? Yeah. Zuckerberg, whoever makes billions, right. he gives it yeah. to charity. Bill yeah. Gates yeah. is yeah. giving all his fortune away. Actually, they convinced Rupert Murdoch to give away a lot of his money, um, and they're so people are giving away their fortunes to like help bigger causes and stuff like that, and I and that no one understands what it's about, yeah. you know, because they're so trapped in that yeah. money, school, yeah. that old school money way. Everything's based on money, and if you say, "Well, I'm doing something not for money," people don't get it, you know. It's just too confusing. For them, it's right? funny, like I was having the conversation the other day, and you guys probably see it more than I do because you have kids, but like. These kids that are further advanced than us in technology, mm-hmm. like these are the kids that are going to be running shit, right? They're going to yeah. be successful. We, I know we all hate seeing our kids not being active, and uh, or our kids, your kids, what I, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Not being active, but these are the kids that are going to succeed in the future. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy. That's what it's going to be. It's exactly what you're talking about. You see it coming. Yeah, it's kind of like you you it's a, again goes back to that balance thing, right? Yeah, if you it's have balance, a if yeah. you have a kid that's sitting on a device or behind a computer or reading all the time in their yeah. house and they're not going out and playing sports, you're like you're not going to get socially acclim- you know, you're not going to make friends easy. You're not going to, you know, there's a bunch of disadvantages in your life. But if you have a kid who's excelling in Excel, sports yeah. and he's out there, he's got a lot of friends, he's good at sports and all this stuff. Uh, there's no that that's only part of the equation the, the, yeah, there, yeah. The, the, there's eventually you're going to become like a regular person then what you know exactly. you're, you're the best hockey player on the you know yeah, digging directly. ditches you know yeah. Yeah, yeah and you're outside doing construction for the rest of your life yeah know? yeah so yeah. you wonder like if that guy if if the parent would have kept him out of the hockey rink and put him you know in in his room in front of a device more often they maybe well, would have learned just, how to more about apps or something right. or they would have found out how to uh, you know, uh, take apart an engine because they read, they watched YouTube videos or whatever they're interested whatever in. Whatever it right? is, yeah, it, it's the balance, like yeah. you said, for sure. There's got to be a balance in there, but it's it's the way it's going. You're right. Yeah, because those like t- uh, in sports, and this is I'm not a big sports guy, but this will lead us into our sports break. But uh, I'm not a big <laughs> sports guy, but uh, sports does teach kids a lot of things that make them. I think it's very important. Yeah, that, I, I mean, especially team sports. I find for me, like. Personally, I'm I am a sports guy. Like uh, my best friends are still from sports. Mm-hmm. I met I met my friends through sports, and I've I have so many friendships. Like it's more than just a sport. The sport teaches you a lot of things: you discipline, working together, all that kind of stuff. But you also you have so many connections. It is a social thing too. Right? Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, it helps so, you in life, and it's social for the parents too. Which like you see a lot of friendships built. Because kids are playing sports together too, right? Yeah, and what's nice too is if you know how to play hockey, for example, and then you moved, you get it. Say you moved to like a new town, mm-hmm. and uh, you can join a hockey Easy. team, and Easy. then you you got instant. Uh, I've had so yeah, instant yeah. friends, you know, so many experiences like that. Yeah, just instantly. Okay, I can do this. Yeah, like my I got old friends that moved to the states, and as soon as they join a hockey yeah. team, you know, like. One, they get to be better hockey player than they were used to because they're in the states. Yeah, you're awesome in the states. Yeah, you're really good. <laughs> yeah, who is this guy? And I'm not saying that the United States as a as a whole can't put a better hockey team together than Canada can, 
But I'm saying as a rec- in a men's league team, I'll take any men's league team in Canada, put them against any Both group of random men's league team in the States, yeah. and the Canadians will win every single yeah. goddamn time. Yeah. Give the best men's no league No question. Team. No question. No question, because they, uh, they like, build an army of hockey players where we're, like, even uh, Joe Blow digging ditches over there, he's yeah, yeah. fucking awesome at hockey, probably. Yeah. In yeah. Canada. It's like in the United States, they have a great armed forces, yeah. but it's still, like, a, a, a fraction of their population. In Israel, every single person... Is has to be part of the armed forces, right? right? So they're way better. Same thing as can- uh, hockey, right? Yeah. They'll get a, like a true, a t- yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a good analogy. <laughs> yeah. So let's go on a sports break, everybody. We haven't done one in a while. We're talking about cocks and balls, shoots and scores and all. We're talking about cocks and balls and sports stuff. <laughs> uh, our sports break, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Brabant Musk. Brabant Musk. Don't ask why. (laughs) (laughs) I lost it. (laughs) At the end, eh, it's always you can feel his breath. It's hot and passionate. So this for this week's sports break, I want to do a tribute to our uh, our closest NFL franchise to uh, where we live here in Pine Grove, and that is the Buffalo Bills. The good old boys. Uh, The good old Buffalo Bills and And girls. And, you know, the thing about the Buffalo Bills that I like the most is the fact that their fans are really making a, an impact on the Internet. They um, are hot on the Internet. You know, the Buffalo Bills fans in recent in recent uh, weeks have not only have they become, they were named the drunkest fans in the NFL. Yep. They, they topped the list at number one. <laughs> and uh, they have also uh, been uh, probably the filthiest fans in the NFL as far as dirty stuff. I think I saw a while ago there was a picture with a girl with her hand down uh, a guy's pants at the in the stadium itself. Nice. And uh, the the latest video that's been making the rounds on the internet is a nice young couple who's uh, decided to fornicate in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I got this video. I'm going to show it to you guys. Uh, just have you seen it yet? I've heard about yeah, it. I haven't seen it. it to be All right. So we're, here you can see this is very typical of a buffalo um, of a buffalo <laughs> scene for tailgating. Tailgate, you know? yeah. This is uh, just in a, in some field somewhere, right? Yeah, it's like an open if you. I've been to a game before, but it's like a humongous, imagine like a, I don't know, like a, almost like an airport parking lot. Like it's huge. Yeah. It's and this huge. is where they, you go and party before the game for hours. Yeah. So even when the game's going on, even oh, when yeah. everything, there's tons of people in this place. It's not like a private place to go have uh, have a, a run at your old lady. But these guys <laughs> decided that the uh, perfect amount of uh, Buffalo uh, success, alcohol, and uh, actually uh, probably just a fine ass on this lady has resulted in these guys banging in the parking lot so here i'll i'll show you this video here perfect okay you can see oh they really are going at it yeah the girl the girl's resting against the vehicle and then uh you can see that uh, she's propped up like almost is her head inside that window no, I think she's just, just a, no, she's against. she's just leaning against it. Or using the back of the trunk. He's got a nice angle there. Yeah, no, it, they show a bunch of different angles of the what same thing. What would you thing. call this? You uh, can position? see the look at the it, it's doggy style. Doggy it's standing style, yeah. doggy style. Yeah. Standing do- doggy is that what you call? And both have jerseys on. Yeah. yeah, both are Bills fans. One's the guy's wearing a toque. And, and uh, look at the, some of the thrusts he puts in. Very nice. Real, look at that. And she is accepting. Now, at the very end, they'll show a close-up here, of, and you can see kind of her moves, which I think she didn't get oh, credit for. Go, can you see how she's yeah, moving? She's really oh, helping yeah. the situation. Yeah, that is that is really the key there, is like her motion, she is a willing participant in this and really enjoying herself, yeah. you know? Pants are only to the knees down, not yeah. all the way. No, only to That's the knees, because they're, they're just trying to get a sneaky one in. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. But this guy looked like he was pulling all the way out and just giving a real hammer back in. Like, he really gave it a go. And uh, this is not the only video of it. There is quite a few <laughs> I think, angles? of, of uh, different people who witnessed it. <laughs> so they really don't care. You don't see many people around that, but they they have seen it. Have you ever seen anything like that, a public display of uh, fuckery? Uh, I've seen one in my life, and that was uh, at, uh, they have a, there's a peninsula just off of uh, Turkey Point called Potahawk, and they have a <laughs> Potahawk uh, piss-up uh, the second Sunday of July, I think. Yeah. Is when it is. Is that what it is? I should know. I think it's the second It's Sunday. a great party, yeah. And every, they have like uh, 25,000 boats or something like that. They go out to this little peninsula in the middle of the lake. Yeah. and uh, Or what is it? A point in the middle oh, of the lake, yeah. 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 And uh, they just line their boats up and then there's a bunch of crazy drinking just and stuff drunk. going on. Yeah, yeah. And I have seen a young lady in the 
on the shore, yeah. you know, where the ticks are and the reeds and stuff. And, the ticks. <laughs> and some guy just like just just lying on top of her and just like banging her on a, in more of a missionary position mm-hmm. as what what we saw. Just a dick full of ticks going right in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> catch more <laughs> tick dick. <laughs> Good old tick dick. I'm not surprised. I believe that that is. I probably have seen saw. Yeah. Yeah, but you should see, like, once you got into this one, I was looking for this video, and there was, like, the top 15, oh, really? like, people getting caught at sporting events everywhere. <laughs> and there is people banging all over the place. You're at these... Caught in a tornado. <laughs> it wasn't far when you, when you type in sex. They started with porn. <laughs> yeah. I, tried, I typed in rooster sucks balls in the, in the uh, Google search thing. Because I was trying to see, because we, I think me and you were talking, yeah. right? See, we're saying like, oh, there's a, there's a picture for everything. You just type it in. There is like, so we put in rooster sucks balls. It was a few pages of just the sucks balls part. <laughs> <laughs> Very graphic ball sucking for like three pages, and that was it. That was gonna be the picture for last week's show, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, we were looking at this video, and I've been at a buffalo tailgating party too. I would, uh, I would think that this is probably good inspiration for life in the dutch hall as long as we're going to be making our third season goals oh, let's set some goals let's uh let's uh, set the maybe a buffalo road trip up uh a as, bills game. as a bills game in, in the next season which gives us i think the balance this season is pretty much done right yeah we'll have to do it at the next around the next season yeah 2016 next, yeah. season we have to go to a bills game I don't even care if I go in the stadium or not, but we'll just go tailgating oh, for one of the no, The game's the worst games. part. Yeah. yeah, who even cares about the game, really? Yeah, I don't want to go to the game at no. all. We're just going to go to do the tailgating there, and we'll set up our show in the tail in the parking oh, there's lot. There's going to be some characters. Yeah. Yeah. What I've liked about uh, the, the amount of videos that have been posted of the Bills uh, tailgating, and I'm sure you guys have seen it, like the wrestling moves that they have been achieving. Oh, the RKOs and stuff. RKOs, guys going through tables. The fans, <laughs> it is unbelievable. They feel no pain. They're so drunk. Yeah. I saw a guy go off the tailgate, and there was a guy laying on a table, and he put him right through the table. <laughs> and they wow. cheered after, and they loved yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. The guy wasn't hurt. He probably was, but he didn't feel it. It was we awesome. Had, yeah, we had a... Uh, do you remember that New Year's party I had, Dave, where we brought out the... Uh, the pool table oh yeah that was awesome yeah we, we had this old pool table i bought it at an auction sale 25 bucks at shackleton's auction right pool table. yeah i went there to buy it. so they said i got this pool table for 25 bucks it was plywood you know so it was yeah. warped as yeah. shit but yeah. i figured just for the balls and the cues and stuff like that it was probably worth 25 bucks if i right. ever got a pool table which i never did <laughs> i still have the balls though <laughs> yeah i can't throw them out where do you put them yeah i just have them in exactly a, in a on a shelf somewhere, yeah. In case some, everyone needs pool balls, you know where to get them. Uh, billiards balls. So uh, we ended up, uh, I had this pool table. It was all warped and stuff. And it was, I had this New Year's party. I had a fire pit outside at my house. And so we dragged out this old pool table. We're going to burn it, right? So before we burned it, we, we put it in the snow. We were playing pool out there, you know, on the pool table. And eventually we put it in, in the fire pit, right? Yeah, right over the fire. And then like I... Standing up still over the fire? Yeah, we picked it yeah. up and we put it over top Laid of the it fire. On top of the fire, nice. And then, when did I suplex Adrian into the table? Was that when it was already on the fire? It was on the fire, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so we had it on the fire, and my, the, it was his idea, too. It was my friend's idea. He's like, suplex me on the table, I'll break it. You know, you can see the legs caving in or whatever. And then, so I uh, he jumped, and I suplexed him really? right onto the table. He landed on it, and the I think the leg might have caved in, but yeah. the fire hadn't burned through it yet, you know. And then... Uh, yeah, no major injuries. Yeah, it was the best. And another time, and then my friend who uh, lived in the city, and he was working in Toronto at the time, I think, right? Or yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, he's working in one of these big cities, right? And he, he went and showed the picture on his like screen at work of his computer. You know, he shows this picture of this pool table burning a, out, out on a fire pit. And there's like people are coming by and saying, "What is that?" And he goes, "Oh, it's a we burned a pool table at a at a New Year's party." Just a typical New Year's party. And they're like, "Why? Why would you do that?" You know, because <laughs> it's fun. Because it's super fun, you idiots. <laughs> what don't you get about this? Yeah. I don't understand city people. I really don't. It makes the flames go very high. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So, anyways, any other goals for next year before we close the show Bill's off? Bill's game, eh? Bill's game. I think That's road trips sweet. are in order. You guys, uh, Steve and Dave, you've never been on a road trip yet. That should be a goal. Uh, are, you think there's any chance of getting on one in, in the next season? I think there is. All right. Well, you you were on the, the BC road trip. I shouldn't say that. You, you yeah, that's the right. BC show. But uh, I think we definitely have to plan a couple a couple of road trips. For sure. 
If you are listening to this show and you'd like us to come to your hometown, reach out to me at livefromthedutchhall at gmail.com. We're going to plan a few road trips and bring the show on the road. We already have one request from our good friends and listeners from Leamington, Ontario. Very nice. Who have asked us to return with a wheel this time. Oh, they said bring awesome. the wheel. Bring the wheel with so we're, wheel. we're going to have to do the wheel of Italians or something like that. <laughs> wheel of tomatoes. Yeah. But we will be, so that they would like to plan that show for early in the new year. So if even yeah, that's just a nice. one, well, one nighter. Cool. If you guys, if we can work that out, but we're going to be looking at booking Leamington. We also have an invitation to go up Lindsay way to a town of Blackstock, Ontario to uh, do a show up there. So if, uh, and we're going to work on dates for that. So again, if you wanted to, if you want your show to be on there, not only can you reach out to me at live from the gmail.com, but also go to, uh, or Facebook or Twitter and you can follow me there, live from the Dutch Hall or Dutch Hall on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, and then tell us to come to your town. We might even be able to bring this, this, uh, rooster if it's within his small window of demands. Possibly. But anyways, thanks for listening to this morning's show. Hope you have a good day at work. Uh, until then, we will see you next Thursday. See you, NT. Boys. Everybody, have another, another cup of coffee. Correct. What time is it? Still no idea. <laughs>